it didn't listen to me. It walked out of the thicket, it turned around and looked at me. They looked up and in this tree, there was a monkey man. And the monkey man jumped down out of the tree and started running away. And suddenly they're right in front of the car. He slams on the brakes and manages to stop and he's skidding because it's not quite, you know, um, gravelling. And for literally for about a second and a half, they just stood there because they don't know where to go. And you tell them panicking, they're like ripping up thing. Their, their, their face is like twitching. to Bigfoot Society, a podcast where we focus on cryptids, the strange, and the unexplained of this world. If you've got a story or something weird to share, send an email over to me at bigfootsociety at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support this show, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. And now, on with the show. Hey, all right. Welcome back to another episode of Strange Stories with Jeremiah Byron. We got some people already hanging out, but we are good to go here at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Uh, we Let's see who we've got so far. Oh, let me switch out the banner real quick. There we go. <clears throat> and uh, if you're new, this is Strange Stories with Jeremiah Byron. It is a live call-in show I have on YouTube where you can call in the number on the bottom of your screen Share any strange story that you got, uh, cryptids, weird stuff, UFO, aliens, things you can't explain, giant owls, all that good stuff. Uh, let's let's do some shout-outs here. Here's who we got. We got Davis Adams. How's it going, dude? We got uh, Patrick. Good to see you. Patrick, hopefully that giant owl isn't messing around with you anymore. We got a friend, Alan, here. Hey, y'all. Good to see you, Alan. We got Mitsay. Hey, all right. You're able to catch a live show. Good to see you. Good to see you. And of course, we've got Asher's good friend, Asher's pleasure to see you in the chat. Uh, <clears throat> got a lot of interesting things going on right now. If you follow Bigfoot Society on uh, on TikTok, things are getting pretty crazy over there. Um, and uh, before I before I get going, uh, someone let me know in the chat uh, that everything sounds good, if you could, and then we'll I'll I'll continue talking. But I want to make sure that you all can hear me in the chat. <clears throat> we'll give it a minute to catch up here. Someone use your your magic fingers to let me know that I, I, you can, okay, Alan, we're good to go. Alan has given me the go ahead. All right. So TikTok's getting pretty crazy over there. We've got 70, about 70 K people following Bigfoot society over on TikTok. The goal is to really grow it up. Um, and at this point, uh, phone lines are open if anyone wants to call in, but I do have a, a few things, you know, lined up to share just in case uh, the calls are kind of low tonight. But I got a really interesting um, connection on TikTok today. And this young lady um, from Washington State, she's like, I was in a bakery in Black Diamond, Washington, and 
I saw this on the wall and it was the weirdest thing. And I took a picture of it and I wanted to go, I wanted to send it to you. And I've never heard of this before. Uh, I've actually done a, um, I did a short TikTok on this, but it was, it was very, very short. It was about <clears throat> the, uh, the bakery, Black Diamond Bakery sells Sasquatch bread in Black Diamond, uh, Washington. It's it's an interesting story. While we're waiting for the first call, I'm actually going to read it to you guys. Um, <clears throat> so here we go. This is taken right off the wall. Uh, Black Diamond Bakery in the Sasquatch, how the recipe for Sasquatch bread was discovered. One day in late September, many years ago, I was hunting in the headwaters of the Cedar River. It was starting to get dark, and I figured it was about time for me to head back. It was miles back to civilization, and the nights were getting cold at that altitude. I must have stepped on a loose rock or something because the last thing I remember was rolling and sliding down a steep slope of shale and alders. There may have been some that will doubt the, tr the truth of the rest of this narrative because of the bizarre circumstances. I have never told my story before bef for this very reason. At any rate, when I regained consciousness, what must have been days later, I found myself laying on a crude bed of cedar boughs in a sort of cave in the rocks. I soon discovered that several bones had been broken, including some in my head, which may explain my peculiar behavior since. My broken arms and legs had been set, and rough splints had been fashioned, fastened in place with strips of rawhide. I could see some sort of passage leading to what must have been another cave deep in the mountains. Sometime later, I heard a sound from the inner cave and felt certain that someone or something was watching me. After a few more minutes, a huge man-like creature came over and looked down at me. At first, I was frightened to death, but soon learned that he meant me no harm. As soon as he saw that I was awake, he went away and came back with a sort of bowl full of some kind of tea and a huge loaf of what looked like old-fashioned bread. The tea was kind of bitter, but the bread was delicious. After I had eaten, he took what was left and went away. This went on for many days, and I began to recover from my fall. By the time I was able to w walk a little, I made it out to the mouth of the cave and saw the winter had set in, and there was no way to get back home until spring. During the months of winter, I learned that there were more than one of these huge but gentle creatures. They were very shy, and it wasn't until almost spring that I saw what was obviously the daughter of my benefactor. She was tall and of wondrous proportions. In spite of her savage ancestry, she was really quite gentle, and we grew quite fond of each other. Her name was Tari. Tari had learned a few words of English by listening from the bushes near where people were picnicking down in the lowlands. We were soon to talk. We're soon able to talk after a fashion. Uh, let me get to this second page here. Tauri showed me how the Sasquatch bread was made and baked in a rock oven in the cave. I always suspected that some of the grain was requisitioned from the lowland farmers at night, but was afraid to ask. Tauri said, "I would have recovered. I wouldn't have recovered except for this powerful mixture of whole grain and honey." She said that if ordinary people were to eat too much of it. They would become boisterous and rowdy. Spring came and a decision had to be made about Towery. I knew she would never be happy with the little people down in the valley, so I decided to go home for some clean clothes and stuff and then return to her forever. This was a mistake I was to regret for the rest of my life. When I returned to the mountains, something had frightened Towery and her people away, and although I searched for all these years, no trace of them can be found except for one big footprint. 
So now in memory of Tauri, I decided to let a little of that marvelous bread of hers be made for the little people, just a little at first, and if you can handle it and keep your cool, maybe a little more later on. <laughs> so that's like, that's really weird, right? Um, I, I don't know if I've ever heard a Bigfoot story where um, the you know, there's the Albert Osman story, but I've never heard of one where like, you know, they're baking bread and making tea and nursing the, the person back to health and putting them in splints. It's very, very weird. I actually checked, tracked down the bakery um, and uh, I gave him a call this afternoon, a very older sounding lady um picked up the phone and there was a bit of a language barrier there. And I was like, Hey, I got a picture of this Bigfoot story. Do you guys make Sasquatch bread? She's like, Oh yeah, yeah, we do. And I was like, uh, is the story true about the Sasquatch bread? Is the person still alive that that story was about? And she was like, she didn't understand what I said at first. Cause there was the language barrier. And then she was like, Oh, well, uh, that person is, not alive that was a very old story and this owner of the bakery had actually found it down in the basement of the bakery uh hidden away in some different records of the bakery because this is a hundred year plus bakery in washington state she's like i don't know if it's true or not um so yeah that's uh you guys are the first to hear the whole thing uh, but I don't know if uh, what you think about the Sasquatch bread of uh, Black Diamond, Washington, and the Bigfoots that uh, make it and then uh, nurse people back to health to it. Kind of cool. Anyways, uh, let's see. We got a few other people hanging out. I will uh, go ahead and <laughs> shout out here. We got hides and long grass. Greeting Squatchy people. Good to see you. We got Burton Moran. Oh, hello. And make sure to hit the like button. Thank you so much. And uh, if you wouldn't mind taking a few minutes, if you've got a, a friend that needs to call in with their story, go ahead and contact that friend up. Share the link for this in your uh, different internet groups or share it on your Twitter, uh, your Facebook, all that good stuff so that people um, can know what's going on. Uh, Mitzi says, now I want some bread. Isn't that the truth? We, we all want some bread. Let's see. Oh, and Patrick. Oh, Patrick's actually going to check it. Oh, okay. Yeah, you could you could probably check it out, Pat. That would be cool. Let me know if you actually go to Black Diamond Bakery and have some Sasquatch bread. It's uh, It looks like it's on the way out to Mount Rainier. I looked it up on a map. So, all right. Well, I've got some uh, things planned here. I've got some stories to share. Uh, as always, you, uh, anyone listening, more than welcome to call in. We got the phone numbers 515-809-0165. This is live on YouTube and recorded for the podcast. But uh, let's let's see what I've got to share here. So let me bring some stuff up. Got to rearrange. Rearrange my screen here. Okay. We got a, I've got a few uh, encounters laid out from BigfootEncounters.com. Want to give proper sourcing, uh, and uh, let's let's go through one of them here. So, <clears throat> this first one was sent in 
to BigfootEncounters.com, July 31st, 1997, by Tom Morris, uh, who's a Bigfoot investigator in Pleasant Hill, California. East Lake, Mono Country, California. A family group of campers were at the 10,000-foot level elevation camping on East Lake in the Inyo National Forest in California. The lake is roughly four and a half miles in from a trailhead camp. The women who were near the lake, the women were near the lake when they described seeing an eight or nine foot tall creature moving upright in bipedal fashion, walking swiftly on a ridge above the lake level. This occurred August 4th, 1996 at 10 a.m. Early, they heard rocks sliding down from the same area. They described the distance of the sighting of these creatures at approximately 300 yards and also realized how rugged the terrain was, especially to be moving as swiftly as they were. And no visible prints were found due to the type of the terrain. Very, very interesting. So that's our first encounter right off the bat here. Ooh. Here, here's a fun one. This one could be interesting. This one's a little longer, so we'll uh, we'll see what we got here. And as always, phone lines are open, ready for anyone to call in. If you've got any stories to share tonight, you can call 515-809-0165. While we're waiting, uh, we can we can read about the Caribou Wilderness, California, Red Cinder Peak encounter from 1980 from bigfootencounters.com i just read the sighting report by dave in the caribou wilderness and i had a sighting in the same general area i'm intentionally leaving some details vague because i don't wish to be identified for employment reasons i realize this may affect the credibility of my story and i'm a smoke jumper for the u.s forest service in the late 1980s, I jumped a fire with two others in the Caribou Wilderness just a few miles north of Dave's area in the Red Cinder Peak area. It was a single tree lightning fire and very little ground fire. We fell the tree and put out the fire without any difficulty. Afterwards, we made camp next to the burned area with the campfire inside the burned area. I awoke in the early hours just before dawn when I heard a rustling in the brush. At first, I thought it was one of the others, but when I looked, they were both asleep in their bags. We normally do not see wildlife around fires. The noise and commotion seems to keep them away. Since our campfire had long burned out and we were asleep, I thought it might be some animal coming to investigate. We are pretty careful about our trash and waste. Anything that cannot be burned is packed out. We don't want to be responsible for something getting addicted to human food, so I grabbed a headlamp and shone it towards the bushes to scare it away. The first thing I noticed was the yellow eyes shining back at me about 50 feet away from a clump of small trees. And the eyes seemed to be eight feet or so above the ground with a large, dark shape below it. My first impression was maybe a bear standing on its rear legs. So I grabbed a stick and threw it at the animal while yelling, go away. The animal turned and ran off downhill. As it ran, I saw it was moving upright like a person with its arms swinging at its side. Bears will stand on their rear legs but can't run or walk like that. <clears throat> About 100 feet or so downhill, it stopped, raised its, raised its hand, and pushed a tree branch aside, turned around, and looked back at me. It was still upright. Wow, that's pretty intense. The other two were awake now and looked at where I was shining my light. One of them asked a bear... And I mumbled something like, yeah, the bear. 
Then whatever was turned, and then whatever was turned ran off and disappeared. I said, go back to sleep. I'll rebuild the fire to keep it away. And they went back to sleep. I built a large fire and walked around the perimeter of our camp gathering wood. I kept shining my light around, but I never saw it come back. In the daylight, I checked the ground where I first saw it. The ground litter was visibly disturbed, but I couldn't make out any footprints. About noon, we packed our gear and started to the trailhead to get picked up. While hiking, I kept turning and looking around, but never saw anything. The others kept kidding me about being stalked by a bear. To this day, I'm convinced it was not a bear. I've never seen a bear act like that or walk or run on two legs. Over the other years, over the years, other smoke jumpers and hell attack crews have told me they've seen something big that it was not a bear, but they go unreported. Reporting things like this can affect your career. Very interesting. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Hides and long grass pointed it out. That old Patty look back. Yeah, that's right. Let's uh, let's see who we've got. If you, you haven't put anything in the chat yet, take a few minutes. Uh, hey, oh man, let me shout these guys out. Okay, so we got my friends here right now. The Strange Road. I was just on their uh, podcast uh, live stream this last Friday night. It was a fun time. We went. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff that I usually don't talk about on the podcast. It got pretty wild. Uh, it'll be coming out on Bigfoot Society in a few weeks. But if you want to listen to it first, you need to go over to Strange Road uh, YouTube channel and you can listen. You can watch the whole thing tonight after this. Uh, it was fun, fun time. We talked about, uh, man, serpent mounds and all sorts of wild, wild stuff. Haunted Dollar General, I believe. Ooh, it, it was a wild time. Those guys put out some great content. So you want to make sure that you are subscribe to the strange road and uh all that all that good stuff so <clears throat> let's see burton was watching it live i appreciate that that's awesome and uh davis says a swap cast was great i appreciate you watching davis good stuff all right well <clears throat> we've got let's see we've we're about uh, almost 20 minutes into uh tonight's show tonight's show again this is strange stories with jeremiah byron if there's anyone new that's watching uh we have an hour set aside every sunday night we kind of talk about stuff share encounter stories share stories uh kind of go back and forth in the chat if anyone has questions for me feel free to go ahead and throw them in there and i'll answer your questions no problem but it's also a live show where you can call in and if you've got a story to share uh, you can go ahead and do that. Uh, this is live on YouTube and recorded for the Bigfoot Society podcast as well. Phone number is 515-809-0165. Last, last week, we had an interesting show. We'll do a, a recap of one that really sticks out. Uh, We've got a uh, local legends, Burton Moran is in the chat right now. And, and a few weeks prior, he had called in, talked about a giant owl. And he had said that if you hear someone talk about the giant owl story, someone else is sure to see the giant owl. And wouldn't you know, 
uh, <clears throat> I believe this is last week that uh, Patrick called in and he saw he had seen something weird behind his back house, something tall with interesting eyes. Now, we don't know if it's a giant owl, but could very well be. All right, let's go ahead and let's read another story here. Let's see, what do I have? What do I have? Ooh, this, okay, here's an interesting one. It's from BigfootEncounters.com. Willamette National Forest, Salt Creek Falls, Lane County, Oregon, 1975. This happened 30 years ago at age five while camping with my sister and parents at Salt Creek Falls, Oregon, on Highway 58, just past the tunnel, a large being sat down in our campsite and ate some chicken out of a bucket we'd left out. This was in the middle of the night. My parents were sleeping in a nearby tent and my sister and I were on cots out in the open. As I said, I was five years old and my sister was 10. The next morning, my sister and I were out exploring and playing on the lava fellows. Something scared my sister, and she pushed me down and ran, and I suffered a gash to the side of the head. Someone or something picked me up and carried me like a baby. He or it carried me back to the campsite and placed me on my cot. My parents weren't there, and when they came back from looking for me, they asked me how I found my way back. I told them a bear carried me back. I told them that he or it walked, carrying me in its arms. I remember it was all hairy and wore no clothes. It looked like the same thing that was eating the chicken the night before. Haven't seen anything like this since. Go ahead, let me know in the chat. Uh, do you think that was a bear? that carried her back or Bigfoot? Let me know. <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, I don't think a bear can uh, carry someone back. And also, sad to say, but if a bear finds you uh, with and you've got a gash on uh, your head, you're probably going to be supper for the bear. Hey, Matt from Central Florida Bigfoot is here. It's Dogman. Whoa. Matt, do you have any dogman encounters? Or are you just uh you just saying it to be funny? Man. Uh, Burn says, oh dude, Bigfoot for sure. Oh, for sure, dude. Totally Bigfoot. <clears throat> definitely, definitely, definitely. I've got an interesting idea. We've got a few people in the chat, and I'm I'm curious to see if anyone has ever done this. Mm -hmm. Has anyone ever taken the time to contact their local law enforcement office and um, ask them if they have a folder of Bigfoot reports or anything weird out of the ordinary or anything strange or stuff they couldn't figure out? Has anyone ever done that? Um, I brought it up to uh, a few people. One of them tried it, and they actually were able to get a folder. Uh, and they're starting to research the stuff. And I'm curious if anyone else has done that. Let me know in the chat if you've ever 
you know, contacted your local sheriff's office or, you know, even done a, uh, Patrick, Patrick, we're in the same area. <laughs> Patrick, if you do it, you gotta, you gotta let me know what you get. The race is on. Maybe I'll do it too. I don't know. Um, but if you do it, Patrick, you let me know. Cause yeah, we're similar. Uh, let's see. Mitzi says, I have not good idea, but I get scared easy. All right. Yeah, but you went out in the woods and you, you've you been up against some weird stuff, Mitzi. You you go out in the woods. You see the weird stuff. Uh, Matt says, they would hang up on you for sure. I called the university in crickets. Okay, that's an interesting idea. Um, <clears throat> I never thought, why would you call the, the university and ask for I guess they might get strange reports. Uh, that's interesting. Let's see. Pat, oh, Patrick knows all the cops here. He's got the ins. Okay, Pat, you've got the inside scoop for Central Iowa, where we're at. You're going to get that folder, dude. I love it. Um, hides and long grass. I did no squatches, but there are goat man sightings. Hides and long grass. You have goat man sighting reports, and you, dude, you gotta, you gotta hook hook us up, dude. All right. Uh, dude, are you telling me that if I contact the cops, they might give me a random folder of strange cases? I'm saying it doesn't hurt to try. And what you might have to do is you might have to do like a records request. Um, but uh, you get the idea, you know, depending on the size of it. Um, you might have to actually do an actual records re request to get some info. Uh, Asher's. Yeah, it really depends on your area and who you talk to. Not everyone will be receptive. I know Asher's has done stuff like this because she is out there. Uh, Asher's is out there doing hardcore research, actually finding stuff out. Asher's has got some amazing things coming down the pipeline, which I can't wait to see. Documentary, book, it's coming. I'm I'm psyched. <clears throat> we'll do a little bit of a... Um, a reminder, a little bit of a refresh. This is Strange Stories with Jeremiah Byron. Uh, tonight, we're having a fun chat back and forth with people in the chat. Uh, if you've got any questions for me, you can go ahead and put those into the chat. Also, uh, if you've got a strange story to report, you can go ahead, call on in. Uh, this is live on the U live on YouTube and record for the podcast. It's 515-809-0165. see what we got. Uh, Matt says, I called the anthropology department asking if I could talk to a grad student and I'm an alum. Crickets. Matt, let me know why you would want to talk to a grad student. I'm curious. Um, <clears throat> Mitzi says, yeah, right. Oh, here's a good idea. Asking the local state park would be something, though. Uh, maybe they would be more open. Yeah, and I think that you, if you contact, like, the DNR of your area, you could. I think there's a way to put in, like, a records request. Uh Micah, Micah Hanks was talking about doing that at CryptidCon, and uh, he got some interesting stories back from different national parks. Um, Matt says, I wanted them to look at my possible Bigfoot profile. Okay, cool. All right, Asher's got some good info for us, so start to take notes, guys. We definitely talked to <clears throat> park rangers, nature centers, 
Native American heritage centers, et cetera, those types of avenues are typically more fruitful. I even had the idea myself to talk to, um, what are they called? A lot of towns will have like small historical museums, things of that nature. And um, <clears throat> I would think some of those historical centers would have like records of old legends or stories that were weird for areas that might be worth uh trying out let's see if you contact the police it's not a bad idea if they turn you down simply try again and again eventually you'll get a fellow weirdo and that's all it takes is that one person who's like i'm just gonna pass this on i'm just gonna do it uh, <clears throat> oh hey we got bigfoot michigan rob in the chat Hey, how's it going, dude? I'm going to be talking to uh, Bigfoot Michigan Rob uh, near. Uh, it's coming up in a bit. It's coming up. I got a few interviews. Uh, I think I said in a, I got on my calendar, Bigfoot Michigan. I know Rob is like, uh oh, he doesn't remember when I'm when he's coming on. Don't worry. I remember it's on my calendar, but definitely subscribe to Rob's channel. He's got a cool interview channel. I'll be going on and chatting with him about Bigfoot uh, eventually down, down the line. It's going to be later in January. Let's read another encounter here. About halfway through the show tonight. Uh, let's see what I can scrounge up for another Bigfoot encounter for you. Okay, here we go. Bigfootencounters.com. <clears throat> Quincy, Plumas County, California. Date September 13th, February. Sep wow, sorry. Saturday, February 13th, 1999. I was just up by Quincy, California, driving along in my new pickup when out of the trees jumped what I thought was a gorilla. But then it, when it froze in front of me, I realized that gorillas are not seven plus feet tall and they do not walk like a man. Okay, fair enough. I could not believe what I was seeing. I got out of my pickup because it was nearing sunset and I could not see him that well because I had been off-roading all day and my windshield had mud all over it. I took my weapon with me because it was at least 400 pounds. That is 250 pounds more than me. I was scared for my life, but no, that did not stop me. <clears throat> Bigfoot then walked into the woods with great strides, at least six foot strides. I then got into my truck again and left for it was seven at night. I only saw Bigfoot for a total of about three minutes before he left. Submitted by a new believer. I would be a new believer too after that. That was pretty wild. We got a few more people in the chat watching. Good to see you all. I'm glad you're spending your Sunday night for an hour with Bigfoot Society. Strange Stories with Jeremiah Byron is the name of the show. If, you've, if you're watching and you've never called in and you've got something weird that happened to you, a Bigfoot story, a cryptid story, UFOs, aliens, maybe ghosts, stuff you can't explain, well, why don't you go ahead and call on in? This is a live show on YouTube. It's recorded for the podcast. You can call 515-809-0165 and share your story. We're about uh, 20... Five episodes in, we've had some crazy encounters so far. We've had Bigfoot encounters. 
We've had dog man stories. We've had people that seen weird black dogs in the middle of the woods. Uh, we've had UFO encounters. Um, some weird stuff, weird stuff. Um, always room for one more. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Bigfootencounters.com is a great website. You should really check it out. It's a time capsule because uh, the person who ran it, Bobby Short, I want to say she passed away about 10 or so years ago. And her grandson is literally keeping the um, the website going. And it's got a fantastic amount of information on it about Bigfoot that you are not going to find anywhere else. So taking advantage of that, but definitely making sure everyone knows that it is from BigfootEncounters.com. <clears throat> Next encounter. Polydome, Yosemite, California, September 12th, 1990. Photo is of California's Yosemite Polydome, Upper Ridge, above road, 500 yards. The informant had a brief view of two very large walking dark figures. Polydome is on the north side of Tenia Lake. I was just off of a hike up to Half Dome and was driving slowly out of the park. Movement caught my eye on my left, and I looked up the slope and saw the two large figures. It was a brief sighting, but it was rather exciting. I think due to many terrorists in the area, they were finally moving out near sundown after staying in a high sheltered area. And I made this post because even a brief sighting can be helpful in mapping their seasonal movements. Very interesting. Let me know in the chat if you've ever been over <clears throat> to uh, to Half Dome before. Okay, Pat's got a very interesting question. Question from Pat. Does anyone think that Bigfoot seasonally migrates? Absolutely. Absolutely, Patrick. Uh, I personally think that. Uh, I know other people that research Bigfoot, especially in Iowa, they think it's a seasonal migration. Um, and I don't know names, but I know someone who has talked to someone in Iowa DNR, and the person said they think that Bigfoot seasonally migrates as well. I don't know who the person is. And uh, if they're listening, when this is on the podcast, hats off to you, sir or madam. And I hope to meet you someday because it would be fun to have a Bigfoot friend in the Iowa DNR. Asher's got some thoughts. Oh, for sure, Patrick. I think they move a lot and that's how they stay evasive. Small population, but always on the move. See, the thing is, in order to have something like Bigfoot that needs to bring in a ton of calories just to stay alive, they've got to have a food source that is intense. It's a lot of, lot of food. Salmon, berries, things like that. Deer, rabbits. It's got to be a huge food source. The thing is, is that eventually those food sources can run dry. They've got to move to the next food source area. Those are my thoughts as well. Um, Al, Alan's a funny guy. He's always trying to call out people with the stories. When I know, Alan, you may have some stories yourself. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. 
Mitzi also thinks, yes, I do think they do. Mitzi, do you have any uh, weird, weird things you've experienced lately? Uh, let me know. I have a feeling that you have experienced other weird stuff. All right, let's see what else I've got lined up. We are about a few minutes after eight o'clock. We got about 25 minutes left. I've got a little longer one here. Let me take a drink. Uh, Bigfootencounters.com. Clark National Forest in Missouri, Slabtown Spring, 1977. And while you're listening to this, um, if you've watched anything cool Bigfoot related, go ahead, put it in the chat. I want to know uh, what are some cool things that have come out recently or something that you've have watched and uh, let me know in the chat. <clears throat> Missouri, Clark National Forest, Slabtown Spring Area, late afternoon. My wife and I were four-wheeling in our Jeep with a friend following one of the many trails that used to be open to the public. We came upon a beautiful meadow that bordered the Big Piney River. Across the river was a line of very sheer cliffs standing about 100 to 100 feet high, pocked with many holes. It was such a pleasant place, we decided to get out and stretch our legs. So we just stood there, gabbing and taking in the view. I was looking very intently at those cliffs across the river, thinking how much fun it would be to climb up and explore some of those holes. As my vision swept across the cliffs, my eyes were attracted to something that didn't quite fit, an object protruding from one of the highest holes. I focused in on it, and it moved and then withdrew into the hole very quickly. I only saw it for a few seconds. I tried to tell my wife and friend what I saw, but they thought I was joking. What I think I saw was an arm, an arm that had very long hair, much like an orangutan ape, but very dark in color, possibly black. I've decided that the animal whose arm I saw was actually leaning out of the hole, balancing itself with its arm resting on the edge of the hole, watching us. When it realized I was looking at it, it yanked its arm back extremely fast. Right after it happened, I wanted to tell everyone I knew, the newspapers, the Forest Service, everyone, but then I thought about what would happen. People would come by the droves and hunt for it, trashing the forest and maybe even find it, and put it in a zoo and something worse, all because of me. So I decided to keep my mouth shut. Years later, having realized that people wouldn't believe me anyway, so I started telling the story. During the 80s, the forest was closed off to off-road vehicles, and many of the trailheads were dozed over. I've been back to the forest many times camping, but I could no longer find the spot where this took place. The Forest Service has made it very difficult to get around there now, and the topography all looks the same. Maybe this is for the best. Anyways, Momo is better off undiscovered. And, of course, that's the name for the Bigfoot-like creature down in Missouri, uh, the Momo monster. Pretty crazy stuff there. Uh, I'm not sure what I would do if I saw an orangutan-type arm coming out of a random hole in the side of a uh, cliff. That would be wild. All right. <clears throat> Mitzi says, did I already talk about the U No, you haven't talked about a UFO sighting years ago. N no. No, I have not heard that yet, Mitzi. That sounds pretty cool, though, because I haven't heard too many Iowa UFO stories. I'm down for it. 
All right. Uh, okay, we may have uh, Mitzi calling in with a UFO story. If not, I've got another story lined up on my side. <laughs> got about 20, 20 minutes. <laughs> Everyone's egging on uh, Mitzi now. Burton says, call in. Patrick says, do it. All right, we'll see if it happens. Oh, you got to say please, though. You got to be nice about it. Uh-oh. <clears throat> hey, Mitzi. Oh, shoot. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hey, Mitzi. Hello, Mitzi. Hey, there you are. Hey, sorry about that. I got a new setup, so it's all wacky trying to learn it. But uh, you're live on YouTube, record for the podcast, and keep it clean if you can. How's it going? Yes, sir. Good. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> Doing well. Just talking about Bigfoot and, you know, hanging out. Awesome. Well, I have a... Uh, one of my UFO UAP, you oh, know, man. what the government calls now UAP sightings, which not until like I realized, like, ever since you started your show and I've like called in, I like realized I was like, oh my gosh, like, I have had like, I feel like higher than average numbers in terms of what I call paranormal things happen to me which i didn't realize so thank you for making me realize that i guess <laughs> oh totally so how many how many things have you been have you had happen to yourself mitzi oh my gosh i have no clue so like oh. i remember calling in and you know the whole like steven state forest thing right right which was like um yeah weird stuff uh, two years ago and then that orb over in um, That's right. yeah. see, where was it? Indianola, Simpson right? College area, yeah. Indianola, yeah, yep, Indianola. Yep. And then with like UFOs, which I don't like calling them UAPs. <laughs> I'm like, it's UFO forever. <laughs> um, I've had like about I don't know, like three of those. Um, oh wow! And then. Uh, when I was younger, I had like a weird, creepy doll. My bed was shaking, sort of weird experience. Mm, no. I've had like oh. a weird, my dog is dead, but I can hear him experience. Okay. Younger as all, right, well. all right. All right. All right. All right. We'll, so, yeah, one thing at a time. That's, that's, that's wild. <laughs> that's, that's a lot right there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So okay. about my, the, this one was around 2016. I believe it was 2016. I had gotten off work and we closed the store around like 9.30 PM. Okay. This would have been in Des Moines. Uh, the exit, I-235 going on to East 14th mm -hmm. by East High School in Des yep. Moines. Yep. So it's one of my place, you know, I'm just like driving, listening to music. And all of a sudden I see this like light in the sky, you know, we closed at 9.30 PM. So it was dark. Um, I remember it being around like August, you know, school start time. Yep. And I see this like light in the sky 
and all of a sudden it like you know and I'm driving exiting onto East 14 from I-235 and it dips down and then it just like shoots like straight up into the sky like like super fast and I was like you know like what the and I was like, okay, that was really weird. And I feel like in 2016, we still didn't have like a lot of drones, you know, at that time, yeah. like we do now. And so back at that time, I had yeah. a, I had a Facebook. So, okay. you know, I went on to Facebook just within my group of friends, not any forum or anything. And I was like, did anybody like see anything weird? And at that time, my girlfriend lived like across the street for me so i live like on an off street from east 14th at that time sure and so she lived on the other side of east 14th um and her husband um he was a cigarette smoker so he Mm. was outside and so she was like no way like he was out there smoking a cigarette and he just came in saying that he saw something shoot up in the sky wow Yes, oh, wow. yes. Um, because from that exit, like where we were living, oof, I don't know, was maybe like eight minutes away. But I mean, I guess it was, it went that high and it was like that bright that within, I mean, it was probably around like 9.50 from when the store closed that I was around that area. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it just like dipped down and like shot up straight into the sky. And, you know, I was like, I was like, that's crazy. And then it was like, what are the chances that like he was out there smoking a cigarette? And like he saw it because if he would have been inside, he would have never, like I wouldn't have been, uh, been validated so or anything. <laughs> I'm I'm curious and this is, this is going to be for people that are know what Des Moines like. Was it north of two thirty five or south? That, that you saw it. Been, yeah, so I was coming west. Okay. Um, because I was coming from West Des Moines, yep. so I would have been facing like east. Okay, got it. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah, right next to yeah East High School in that area. <laughs> oh, so you're seeing it over east. High school, um, kind of by the McDonald's by East High School. If you've ever been yeah, in that area, yeah, and the like McDonald's, the Mexican South grocery of, store. Yep. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know exactly. Okay, yeah, I got it. I got it. That's so crazy! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can picture because I'm very familiar with. Uh, I used to drive. Yeah, right in there. Place. Yes. Wow. Like, I was like, oh my gosh! <clears throat> I was like, like just right there. <laughs> um. Yeah, Patrick says he's seen UFOs in central Iowa, too. They're definitely here. Um, and he brings up a good point. So because that would it's not the airport, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, because it's, it's sure. north of 235. That's weird. That's very weird. Um, hmm. Man, I don't know what I would have done in that situation if I was you, though, especially someone else. Yeah. Know? Yeah, for sure. And I was just like driving, you know, like it just it was like and that's kind of like where it was in my line of sight, where it was like Mm. where it dipped down to where I could see it. You know, like I wasn't distracted and just 
not mm-hmm. watching where I'm going on the interstate, you know? So yeah, it dipped down pretty low and then just like boom went up and I didn't see where it like where it went whatsoever. So wow. yeah, like I said, and my friend saw it, you know, from that far away, you know, her her husband. So it must have gone really high, I would assume, because there's lots of trees in my area. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Huh. That's interesting. Um, what do you remember? Uh, did you say around what month? What time of year? Yeah, around August. August. Because I okay. feel like it was around that back to school time. Okay, right, right, right. And there was no snow. I'm not really super into the ufo community in iowa but it would be interesting to see like if someone had access to that uh to see if there are a lot of sightings around that time frame august back to school of 2016 if anyone has access to that um yeah do you how do you do you feel uh comfortable with sharing about the doll thing (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so the doll thing um so yeah that actually happened so when I was living in Des Moines I actually uh-huh. lived when that UFO thing happened was across the street from the house I grew up in so um it, so basically this happened at the house across the street where my parents were still at and um yeah I was around I want to say around like between the ages of seven to nine. Um, So I was in my room by myself, you know, I have like a full size bed and my mom decided to put this creepy doll in my room and it was like hung on the wall. Like it wasn't Mm. just sitting on a dresser or anything. Like it was hung on the wall and, you know, my, my bed would face the doorway and on that little patch of wall between the door and my closet, yeah. that doll was like hung there. So it was like staring at oh, me at my, no. oh. um, so I had that doll there, you know, I always felt very uncomfortable and I did have a nightlight so I could like see it, you know? Um, and I just remember one night I woke up couldn't tell you what time it was and I just felt this very like eerie presence and I I think obviously my eyes just directed towards the doll and I tried pulling the covers up and next thing you know my my bed started to like vibrate and so I started to freak out and I think in my mind, I was like, like, is that me, you know? And I tried to like calm myself down thinking, you know, maybe it's my head. And um, I did grow up uh, Roman Catholic. So, you know, I I did like, (laughs) oh, yeah. So, you know, um, I did do some prayers in Spanish, but like, I I guess that didn't do anything (laughs) because I just remember the bed still shaking and I got really scared and instead of running to my parents' room, I went to the bathroom and I slept in the bathroom the entire night and it wasn't until morning I told my mom that I got really, you know, because she found me in the bathroom. The oh, yeah. Morning. So she's like, like, whoa, what is was, going on? 
Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't have like a blanket. I think I used like the bath mat to like try to cover my oh, body my up, God. you know? Yeah. yeah right. Um, <clears throat> and yeah, she just found me there in the morning and she asked me what happened. And I just said, I got really scared that the doll was staring at me and oh man thankfully she took the doll away because i feel yeah, like i had okay. said something to her like in the past but she was just like oh you know like it looks cute you know because you know especially my parents being like like immigrated here they wanted us to have like cute rooms but like they never had with like toys and stuff but like that wasn't it <laughs> so yeah she finally got rid of it and now it's in a Des Moines Goodwill somewhere, just waiting to mess with someone. <laughs> right, else. just waiting oh. for like the next person. <laughs> uh, yikes! <clears throat> oh, that's weird. That is weird. Did uh, any other history of weird stuff in that house, or? Uh, that's where I heard um, my dad dog. <laughs> if you want me to tell you that ghost story, I guess it would so, be okay. So yeah, that'd be. Yep, and that'll be a perfect wrap up. So, okay, so there's a there's a dog story. Go ahead. Yeah, this is a dog story. Okay, so this would have been. I remember I was doing homework, and my room was in the basement. So I think I was in okay. sixth grade at this point. Well, in fifth grade, I we had a little Yorkie, and he would get out a lot. Well, he finally got ran over by the mailman. Oh, I'm sorry. Like the mailman. Yeah. yeah. So he finally got ran over. Okay. Um, and I remember being downstairs doing homework. My mom and my brother, I believe, had gone to fairway to go get groceries. So, you know, like, I mean, I don't know how old, like around 12, 11. So, okay. like, my mom felt safe to leave me alone for a little bit. Yeah, and I'm right, just right, right. doing some homework. Yeah. And... The reason I heard my dog was because there was this little window that in my room that led into what used to be like a car parking garage, but my dad ended up enclosing it and made it into like the party room. So I had like laminate okay. flooring, like, <laughs> you know, it was the party room. Yeah, nice. And well, at that time, you know, with our first dog, uh -huh. um, my parents didn't want him in the house so he'd always be in that area and you know had his little like crate and everything and so you could always hear his little nails like on that laminate flooring that my dad had put down oh boy and so i went there doing my homework and you know with that little window and um yeah i just remember you know doing some homework in silence and i hear those little like nail clickings on the laminate flooring. And I just remember oh, like yeah. looking at the window and his name was boy. Cause he was a boy and we didn't know like what to, we weren't really creative with dog names. Sure. <laughs> Cause it was our first dog. Yeah, 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 and yeah. so I just remember looking up and I was like, boy, you know? And I'm like, and, but then in my head, I'm like, but he's dead. And I'm like, I don't know what else would have oh, made no. that quick clack noise so you know it's one of those things where i'm like i don't really know what like it's kind of funny but like i don't know what would have because nobody was home <laughs> did you say the door was closed to that area yeah so mm -hmm, yeah because i had a little window yeah. and because it used to be a garage you know right, we had right. the door and then because we made it into the party room 
then we also had like a set of double doors. So it was fully enclosed from like okay. the outside. Okay. Wow. That, oh, that freaked me out. I don't know if I would open up the doors and look in to see what it was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't need any of those like, uh, yeah. Black demon dog, whatever. I forget what they're called. <laughs> no, hopefully it was just a little mouse running around. But you never know. Could have been <laughs> right. the ghost yeah, you of never the know. Maybe it was dog. A boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Oh, that's weird. That's weird. Although the doll one is probably the weird. I. Yeah, I'm gonna doll stuff weird. Yeah. Me out. That, yeah, and <sighs> I think that's why I still don't have dolls, and my child does not have dolls like that to this day. <laughs> good call. That's a good call not to have that happen. <laughs> Wow. Thank you for, for calling in and letting us know about the rest of all your weird stuff that happened to you, Mitzi. I appreciate it. For sure. For sure. Have a great night. You too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wow. That, oh man, that was some crazy stuff. Good for you, Mitzi. Thank you for calling in, sharing about <clears throat> a UFO, a doll, and a ghost Yorkie. Pour one out for boy. Well, we're about at the end of the show. Had a fun time chatting with you all. Um, <clears throat> homework for next week. See if anyone can get any information from your local law enforcement or someplace like that about weird stuff that's happened in your area. And then call in with the weird stuff and talk to me about it. If anyone can do that, you win the Homework Champion Award, which is not really an award, but it, it makes you feel good that you, you got it. Oh, sorry. It's Bert. I feel terrible. Pour one out for Bert. My bad. Oh, wait, no, you were referring to, oh, I'm terrible. The dog was actually called Boy. Okay. I'm out of here. I need more water. All right. Patrick's Patrick's going to make it happen. I have a feeling we're going to come back next week on Sunday and Patrick's going to like be blowing the, the lid off of all these crazy cases in central Iowa. Um, oh yeah, I get it, Mitzi. All right. Well, thanks everyone for hanging out on your Sunday night. Uh, we'll see you back next week. Uh, we'll have some calls, uh, maybe have some more Bigfoot stories. And maybe if you guys do your homework, we'll have some crazy stuff from your local law enforcement or anyway, make sure you subscribe, <laughs> make sure you subscribe to this channel, hit the bell icon so you don't miss out on any other stuff. And, uh, I'll see you all next week. All y'all have a good one. Thank you for listening to Bigfoot Society. If you like the show, please review and rate it five stars on iTunes. Hit the share button and send this episode to all your friends on social media. Subscribe to Bigfoot Society wherever you listen to podcasts. It doesn't cost a thing. Pick up a Bigfoot Society shirt or enamel pin over on our Etsy page and people will tell you all about their Bigfoot sightings when you wear it. At least that's what people tell us. That's what happens. If you'd like to become an official member of Bigfoot Society with a membership card, a community of like-minded individuals, and extra content each month, then please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by going to www.patreon.com forward slash the Bigfoot Society. Thanks for listening.